1: Podcast. You're listening to the Joe Rogan Experience Review. What a bizarre thing we've created. Now with your host, Adam Thorne. This might either be the worst worst podcast or the best
0: one of all time. One go. Enjoy the show. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the JRE Review. As always, you're joined by your host, Adam Thorne, and the co-host Garrett Hess here. How you doing,
1: Adam? Pretty good, buddy. Pretty good. Not a bad lineup. Snowing again in Bozeman. Is it? It's only the middle of April. Thank you very much. Oof, that's interesting, man. I didn't know that was I, I thought about <laughs> asking you
0: on the call before what the weather was like. I would have no complaints. A lot of stuff blew around here a couple of days. days. Like, <clears throat> it was a little cold, but beautiful day today. I think snow is still great. I think you've made me enjoy it a little bit more, the way you frame it.
1: I mean, you know, there are things I like about it, but I don't like winters going on forever. That's annoying. It's like, enough's enough. I get it. And the positive thing is I get a lot more podcast listening done because you're just like, well, what am I supposed to do? It's 12 degrees outside. 12. going to just listen to podcasts.
0: Yeah. You get some good info, I imagine, and that's a good one. Silver mm-hmm. lining, but I appreciate you pointing that out.
1: All right, who we got this week? Uh, David Mammoth. Yep, David Mamet. Bit of a playwright filmmaking legend. I don't know if he makes the films. He just did the the screenplay for it, right. I guess. We have the Protect Our Parks part three guys. So Shane Gillis, Ari Shafia, Mark Norman, legendary. Solid group.
0: squad put together by those. By those guys,
1: and then Greg Fitzsimmons, who's always a pleasure to have on. But what a wonderful person he is! He's he's like just one of those lovely friends that is a comedian that Joe knows, like Tom Papa, right? And you know, just like those guys, They're just very nice. I agree. He's
0: as they. Uh, that's exactly what I was thinking. As they've gotten older and grown up together, it's a, a good vibe they have uh, together. You know
1: well imagine the friendship that they have like what they've worked through how hard they've worked like the gigs they've done together and now to see where they've come right that must be i mean that's like a friendship that's that's like iron clad
0: agreed I it
1: like seems it. like joe's
0: got a handful of those guys and that that squad is awesome too obviously it's a little bit more pronounced in the the next one, the parks, but the conversation. Mm-hmm. But it's so good to see all the friends that he's come up with. It's good.
1: Yeah. And then I mean the one that really stood out for the week was the David Mammoth one. I don't know about you, but that it was kind of stressful listening to some of it. He he was just so adamant about his points and especially I mean it was all so political. Yeah. And there was like no bending in his way of speaking. It was like I'm right, you're too dumb to know that you're even wrong and this is why and it's just it's heavy when people speak like that. I just I don't like.
0: Do you think it's a gener- do you think all. it's a generational thing because I think he's a little bit older than us and I think that definitely the way things have gone in the past few years and 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 obviously the past 2 years is so dramatic and things have become so quote-unquote woke that it seems that people that are a little bit older i don't know if it's because he was he was talking about how liberal he was too the whole time he's like how could i ever not be liberal like that was the only thing i knew and he's somehow found himself on this other side i don't know which way Mm. you push it or how you define that but it seems like a Wild spot to be in, because at one point, if you're a young actor, you're obviously... Uh, liberal is the only way California has been the whole way. I think growing up, too, in the 70s and the 80s and 90s, his whole upbringing was that way, but now he just seems to be so rigid a bit.
1: Yeah, and uh, he was in New York for a long time, and, I mean, just being a playwright in itself, being liberal, but, yeah, it might be. I mean, they, they often say... There's, like, a saying out there that's, like, you're born, you know, when you're young, you're liberal, and then when you're older, you just become a conservative. And it might just be compacted with a few things, like, you have more money, you know, you're sick of paying taxes, you see more government waste, right. you kind of lose your, um, um what is, not ideology, I'm f- losing the word, but, like, your belief that certain things can get much better like being an environmentalist or helping the homeless and and you know if you've been around a 75 so let's say 50 years he's been thinking about politics and he's seen that so few of these things have improved that you just feel like that's it's the government wasting money and and you you change your thinking but i don't know why you need to become so rigid either way i agree like be passionate but you don't have it's not helping anyone just to be like this has to be like this and a lot
0: of the conversation came back to welfare was what they were focused on a lot a lot of what he was talking about so it, it was it's an interesting thing because the pandemic and giving out as much money as we've given out and then at the same time the amount of money that's given out on a And he was super rigid on, I don't know, he made some outlandish kind of claims from time to time. And I I don't want to call them outlandish. They're just like common narratives that may not be the case right now. He was talking about how women would just have more kids so they would get more money. And certain things that have been kind of like assumed but not necessarily proven. And I wouldn't have any frame of reference on that, so I don't know. But those were the things he was kind of making reference to. And Joe was like, my parents dealt with welfare and, and... I kind of came out the other side of it. I was a product of it. It was kind of a good thing to hear. And he appreciated it, but it was an interesting thing because Joe's made reference to that many a time, you know, about his how his family grew up poor and how they kind of bounced back because of, because of social services. Hmm.
1: Well, I mean, in California recently especially, I mean, they called it, they joked that it's the People's Republic of California, which I thought was hilarious and because of how oppressive... It became over COVID, yeah. and you know, and it's not <laughs> people left. and I right. left, Rogan left, lots of people left because of that. Right. I mean, obviously, Garrett stayed because he's a communist, <laughs> but he's into, it, he's into that kind of stuff. It's, it it. It. it's a weird, yeah. I mean, look, dude, there was 30 billion dollars of unemployment fraud during that I time. I heard that, that's crazy. and there were people that didn't get unemployment. They couldn't get through. They were denied. It caused problems for them. They lose a lot. And I'm like, where did all this money go? Uh, I, like thirty billion is a big number. And they're just like, where's the national outrage and massive investigation? They should have like a nine eleven commission on this.
0: Yeah, that. De- I mean, how much would that cost? That definitely got sifted over. I'll give you that. I mean, who got
1: what and. Dude, it wouldn't cost thirty billion dollars. <laughs> That's true. Let's let's put let's put twenty million dollars towards an investigation. Su- su- That's a lot less. I'm not
0: opposed, but su- suing who who are you
1: suing? Like individual residents for filing for
0: unemployment, these PPP loans, like you could start anywhere, you know.
1: Well, it could I mean it could be bigger than that. It could be maybe like big corporations or, you know, foreign hackers that were able to funnel millions of dollars out of the system. I mean, that's a, Ooh, a ton of that's money. A good point. I can't just believe that that was a bunch of, you know, people that quote-unquote really didn't qualify but were getting $700 that's a, week. a very fair. I mean, that was probably people setting up hundreds of fake um, accounts using people's socials and routing banking numbers and just milking you know, thousands and thousands of dollars a week from the system. I mean, I'm just guessing. I mean, that would only make sense. I don't even know how you'd get that much.
0: Sorry, I said that, ma- that would only make sense. I think you're right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it comes back to they, they were saying that George Orwell's 1984, which is a fantastic book, by the way, and I totally recommend it. It's a dark book, but it's brilliant. And it's about like a dystopian future. And that the book sales of that have gone through the roof. And that kind of gives me hope, you know, because there were so many people that just went along with so much of this control. They just went, all right, we're in, we're all in. Yeah. And the, the people were just not fighting back. Like you, like I assume they would. So it's nice to know that at least people want to read a book that represents what can happen when the government, um, you know starts to take too much control over your life. Nice. i mean it's a real issue totally talking about current events too did you see what's going on in shanghai
0: of, of late oh uh-uh. uh, that, no it's like going a on. new corona lockdown situation but it's on full blast like the, people are like screaming from the balconies like they're in complete lockdown and it's it's just wild what we're allowed to see and what what we're like what shows up in our feeds because we haven't really seen anything about that. And, and unless I saw something, I was watching Russell Brandon and saw that, I probably would not not have known about it. And, like, the Ukraine thing, all these things just kind of unfold. But we kind of just, since it's not in front of us, doesn't affect us. I guess it's just human nature. But it is an odd thing to think all these things are going on. And just two years ago, we had this whole pandemic. And then it's like, you kind of just pick what's going on, you
1: know? Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know.
0: He had some great movies, huh?
1: yeah i mean wag the dog that's glenn gary glenn ross which i've only really heard about i haven't watched it myself but i've heard that that's an excellent movie you've seen it right great movie like we were saying it's kind of like a play but just
0: so well done with the monologues and character interaction alec baldwin's a stud i was part of the criteria for the theater course that i was taking
1: and then the untouchables of course which is a little dated now i watched it with a friend of mine recently and you know obviously i watched it like way back when it came out and it was just intense and fun and just badass and sad too you know but now i think watching it today if you haven't seen it you know and you don't it it just doesn't carry quite the same. My friends were not anywhere as impressed. They were like, the music is terrible. Like some of the scenes are really antiquated. And but it is definitely a classic. Right. I mean, that movie is is fantastic. Um. Oh, and this guy this guy's a jujitsu guy. And the story was that he was working with Ed O'Neill, who used to train mostly privates though. But at my old school in Santa Monica Street Sports, a shout out. Right. Uh, and he met Anato Magno over there who's you know the absolute legend I think he's like a 6th degree black belt now I'm pretty sure that's close to getting his coral belt I mean it's very rare really? I've never even seen someone that has one. Oh yeah that's dude that's like 40 years of training the Jesus. best belt you can get is coral no, red is the best. But that's like for the grandmasters. Like Helio had one. I mean, there's so few of those. You probably have to do jiu- jiu-jitsu for like s- literally 60 years to get a red belt. Yeah. I don't imagine. Um, but it's it's cool that he, he got over there and does that and still does. Yeah. I mean, you know, Joe was saying he's in good shape. And for 75, I, I feel like there's probably no better way to keep the consistency and stay in shape when you're older than... Something like right. that because you know, as you get older, you it's going to be so much harder to work out. The workouts will probably slow down a ton. You know, your pace of it will change the intensity because possible injury prevention techniques and all the rest of it. So it's much harder to hold that muscle mass. But you get the jits, I mean, if there's a, a black belt in front of you that's 75. And you're a low about. You're gonna still go at him hard, so he doesn't have a choice but to keep up with it. I mean,
0: that's a nice talent, like skill set to have, especially if you're that old and still have it going. That's an amazing feat, I can tell you. Even from a working out standpoint, I know that age takes its
1: toll. It's very cool to watch. It's very cool to watch, uh, uh, like older black belts, and you know, it's it's just same story. Right. They're gonna get a hold of you they're going to tangle you up and they're going to they're going to tap you out and it's just it gives you a whole new respect for it's just like another great reminder of like oh yeah you know you can be somewhere and some old guy can get upset and you're just like shut up old man and then you know i have 20 examples of guys that look exactly like him that would easily murder right. me and i'm like oh yeah maybe i should be nice cuz you don't know you should be nice anyway but it it does make you think yeah. it's, it's like
0: it's a good moment in humility for sure <laughs> when those moments happen.
1: Yeah, Joe definitely pushed back a few times on this podcast. I think um, I'm trying to think of a specific uh, time he bo- did. He did like an analogy about his agent and like how you wouldn't pay an agent up front to get you work. And then so th- that somehow related to like welfare pain. It was just like none of it really made any sense. The point was well, not welfare. I think he
0: kept referring to prosperity as being the issue of our like social decline. I think he was thinking the indirectly. I think he was thinking of the <coughs> <clears throat> reference that Joe's made before as like abundance theory. I forgot what the word is. But when you have like too much of something, then you start being affected Affluence, like the, mm-hmm. the the theory that affluence it, it has a plays its part on you, you know what
1: I mean. That's the issues that we're dealing with nowadays. Are you saying affluence? I yes. mean, affluence. affluence. I'm sorry is is that how they say in I, Arizona? It might be in
0: I think it's a it's, at the, it's an <laughs> Arizona
1: thing, but it is all right enough. It's a regional dialect yeah. issue. But affluence.
0: <laughs> I apologize for the influx from the Englishman but <laughs>
1: um i just messes with me up um yeah that the, the, the I... his stories also got quite dark okay. like when he was like made that joke about the the play critic that died right and he's like that's the best thing he's ever done i'm like whoa dude easy
0: there were a few moments like that i, I that
1: it's like he's got he's got some anger in there and that's kind of sad to see it like 75 you think there's a better use of your time I, I, especially when you get older Is like a bit of wisdom to forgive you know you all get mad i but, wonder i mean is that making you feel any better i wonder
0: if some part of your ego goes in there knowing that joe's like a rough and tough jujitsu guy if he wants to be but he's also got the soft side so it's like maybe an older guy goes in there unintentionally with a, with a small piece of ego but at the same time just trying to keep up so he's 20 years older but he's still dominating
1: i don't know who knows yeah like he wants to be a tough guy or, who, I mean, knows? who knows but you would have thought though after talking with joe for a while it's not like he elicits that on no, people he's not like hey I, <laughs> pussy show me how cool you are it's
0: true true point
1: all right let's let's jump over to protect our parks part three Uh, The update on how well they are doing protecting parks is they are um, 0 for for 1. 1. The park closed. So big impact, making a big impact. Um, Let's start by how many beers Gillis drank.
0: Uh, Well, I listened to (laughs) the aftermath today, and Joe was telling a story somewhere, and he said that he ended up drinking 25 throughout the day. I think he was 15 at the end of that. It was interesting, <laughs> Shane's comedy is hilarious, but the the immediate dive into will and Jada and Chris' situation about how everybody reacted and how hard Tom went was <laughs> is so funny
1: dude i didn't I hadn't been keeping up with how hard Tom went, and I had to check it oh, out man. It was kind of crazy. It was a- I mean, but in a good way. Like I support it, but holy shit, did he go hard at Wilson? Oh, it makes Brent. sense. I mean, he doesn't like people messing with comedians, and that whole thing was outrageous. Yeah. But my god, Tom is—he's usually, you know, very funny with all the stuff he's doing. He was mad. It's, you could hear it. One. And I feel like I—I I feel like Tom knows how to fight. I got a feeling Tom could. Could. Punch. I think he's probably.
0: It, done increased his athletic ability especially after the basketball incident i got to imagine
1: oh yeah (laughs) when when he found out how weak his joints are (laughs) but yeah the, the the the
0: intensity that they went in and but it was interesting too it's like you felt some kind of way immediately and then after the fact then you, I, I don't know. I kind of pieced it together. It took me a minute to kind of develop an opinion because I didn't, it was so just out like bam, just somebody got hit in the face. It almost seemed premeditated initially, but then there's no way that could, I don't know. I, I couldn't even say that. I don't think it was premeditated. That was definitely caught up in the moment, but it was interesting reflecting on the whole situation about how Chris could have done so much other things
1: that he didn't do. I mean, the biggest thing he could have done is talked a whole lot of shit immediately. I mean, he is about as good as a stand-up gets. I mean, I wish he had. It would have been brilliant. But, you know, it would have taken a a little bit away from how awful it was. Like, There would have been more supporters in Will's camp if he had like gone full-blown comedian on him. And I I think it's better left like this because it just really highlights like that bullshit attitude and um yeah what a lunatic man i don't know what to think like honestly like i'm not i'm not into like canceling people or like boycotting movies or whatever but i just have a feeling that like when it comes to picking a movie and will smith's in it i mean you know and don't get me wrong if it's like everyone knows it's an amazing movie and it's you know great cast and all the rest i mean i'm not gonna be that Annoyed yeah. with it, but if it's just kind of like up in the air, I haven't really heard much about it. Will Smith, and I'll check it out. i will probably be like, nah.
0: <laughs> it's an interesting take now that hearing you say that, because I think a lot of people would probably feel that <laughs> same exact way, you know. And it's just like a subconscious feeling because you just saw a dude assault another guy, and then sit down and then be reprimanded in no way whatsoever. I don't. It's a it's a weird yeah. spot.
1: That's for sure, but he shouldn't. He shouldn't have been a standing ovation. They, they should have booed him. They, in fact, they should have maybe just given him the award, but been like, he's not coming up to make a speech. He's lost that right to make a speech, and that's just tough. I You've, mean, I like that Chris rocks. Ticket sales out through I was the roof, on that. and that's a lot of good support. Right. They, and why not? If you're gonna get slapped in the face. You also deserve to make some money from it. True.
0: True. It's going to be an interesting take. I've heard Schultz make reference to it and a lot of other comedians make. It's like you can't just talk about it the whole set, but you're definitely going to have to make reference to it and kind of shine a light on it. It's going to, that's going to be an interesting set. I'd like to hear his jokes that he has
1: after the fact, you know? Dude, Schultz went hard to the paint. <laughs> he basically put his, he put his armor on and did one of those roast rants that he does. And it was brutal and brilliant. He's a phenomenal comedian. Watching him, just he just seems like he's having so much fun, and that keeps him in such a loose state. And obviously, he's made a lot of money. He's had a lot of success, but you know, he's not doing any of the weird shit. That he's not going off the rails. You know, he's he's like got married. He's really focused on his work. He's selling out big arenas. I mean, he's doing the right things and keeping himself in a place to where it just allows him to keep making phenomenal comedy and really pushing it too.
0: Isn't it interesting the temperature of our culture and all the current events that are going on right now that are providing so much material for this group of comedians that are coming up right now? It's, it seems like seems yeah. like God's like, here you go. I'll just go ahead and send you a bucket list of things that you could talk about because it's all bullshit, it seems like at this point, but...
1: Oh, it's endless. <laughs> I mean, just watching Tim oh. Dillon rant like he does, you know? He's he's a bit of a conspiracy theorist, so he loves to just jump into politics and make fun of everyone, but it's like he can just never run out of things never. to talk about. Like. Because he's there's so much nonsense going on that it's, it's... He almost just has to, like, reiterate stories that he's read that seem crazy, <laughs> like Nancy Pelosi's investments and... He just reiterates it and then adds a couple of silly Tim Dillon points, and he's got he's got a whole, a whole
0: bit. bit, like an easy, like a really good bit too. It's like you literally only have to yeah. repeat what these people are saying. You you could just show clips of what they said two days ago and then show clips of what they said two days <laughs> later. It's like I didn't edit anything. You, the materials right here. It,
1: it it's the way his voice uh, goes agree. when he like starts screaming in I the agree. mic. And then raising his hands, and then he, and then he like, he always does this thing where he makes it seem like what, how doesn't matter how b- absurd the point but, is, he always ends it with like, but that's okay, <laughs> we can all do that, right? And like just goes off on this, and then even gives a, a more extremely ridiculous example. He's brilliant. Uh, I've it. heard
0: him go off. It's it, he's he is a gem. No way around it.
1: He's a stud. He's. T- he, he's too funny man too funny i love the shit that they were giving ari about um or ari about his uh show uh this is not happening because of all the controversy (laughs) he like got kicked off and it was like really difficult for him and they were saying that the new host this is like their favorite host (laughs) he's getting so mad
0: Uh, that's funny uh, Mark Norman made reference to Tim Dillon. He was—he always has those quick-witted jokes. But he was talk They were just making reference, and he was like, "Tim Dillon definitely gets it. The loud guys get it." And Rogan was like, "How do you know that?" He's like, "My dad." <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, that was. <laughs>
0: I was like, "Oh man, that was just off the cuff, but so good."
1: Mark Norman is uh, absolutely brilliant, and you know because he has like a kind of a strange cadence, and he always looks a bit nervous and it, kind of stiff. Uh. And when they talked about him being autistic, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm forty percent," <laughs> and then they gave examples. I'm like, it does kind of makes sense that he's he's a bit special because oh. he does he does like he just has a different way of thinking. But I bet it also makes him better at comedy because. The some of the like, you know, out of left field comments that he makes, <laughs> he's like, "What was it? He was going through TSA and they said something, and he's just oh like, 'Oh, I'm gay.'" <laughs> and he was like, "Oh, I don't, I didn't know what to say. I got nervous." Like, oh man! And don't but, say anything. But
0: that that's funny. But the one that he did, the one that he made reference to in the restaurant where he put like a hot dog bun in a glass or something, some. Wait, waiter walked up and was pretty upset about it he's like don't be a waiter and i could just see him saying it with like such a straight face and like looking up at him like what was there a problem like i told you that maybe that's not part of the job description there's a bun in a glass what's the big deal
1: <laughs> he's yeah he's a wacky character man a wacky character I, I do love that they have these four guys on and they can still drink and there, there are moments where they kind of speak over each other, but like as we know, like that's hard to do just with two okay. people. Um, so having four people there is, I mean, obviously way trickier. Uh, but they handle it quite well. It doesn't get too crazy in there. So it's, it's almost like they've improved. I think, I think so too. With it, you know, some Joe's
0: Joe's so vet vetted at this point. He always recognizes when it's getting out of point. You know.
1: Oh yeah, he knows, and he's always been like you know the like the top dog right. with all these guys and they know how big this is so it's it's pretty easy from a like authority standpoint for Joe Rogan to be like all right guys you need to cut this out and like everyone listens yeah. like no one's not listening to Joe right. they're like okay i get it did you <laughs> i get it it's kind of amazing actually when he commentates the UFC and i have noticed when they have two other people on there they have that an- Anik that guy and then usually like Cormier or someone right. else. Having three people in that kind of energy, and they're often reacting to something that happened, like there's a kick, so then someone wants to speak about it. You know, it's like that's when you go. Those guys actually are really good at not talking over each other. I don't really know how they do that. It's just like they all have a different role, and it's, it's very smooth how they do it. And if you notice, Rogan really does say the least most of the time when he's there. Right. He just – I don't – you don't want to – No, I do. He it,
0: just has the – he has the pro- big moments, though. He's always hes always the one with the best reaction, wouldn't you say?
1: Yeah. You can just lower the mic no, down, bro. Right. Looks like you're struggling you're right. to stay up with that. There, there we, we go. go. A bit more comfortable. Um, yeah, I mean, th- when always, the best thing is the reactions. Right. The fact that they have that camera on them now just to say – I can't believe they didn't do this before. <laughs> How did they not realize that that's, that's, the, like the, that's best the best moment yeah. to watch them, ever? Like, there's so many memes of all three of them like losing right. their minds and it's and it is just like mentioning some story that has absolutely nothing to do with <laughs> it right? right. And just such a legend. I love it. Alright, let's um jump over to Greg and see what that crazy loon's talking about. Hmm. Well, when they talked about when Joe started his journey in comedy he was like pretty straight-laced like didn't smoke weed didn't drink a lot like really ever got drunk and he said yeah i, I thought it was for losers <laughs> like i was he he must have just been such like a disciplined focused person but it, to me it, that seems crazy in the world of like stand up and especially in boston when people are getting paid in cocaine he's like the guy that just doesn't even drink or do anything right, t- and now He's loosey Goosey. <laughs> he loves it. He sticks to his he sticks to
0: his horns. Like he doesn't do the cocaine. He doesn't do he doesn't go off the rails. I think all the drugs that he does do, he's trying to find enlightenment. And he's trying to find benefit at this point. He likes to have fun. He likes that be- he likes that fun, but Yeah,
1: he he doesn't do the crazy not, ones. He doesn't. But he's not a right. partier. you know. Those things do come with right, partying, right. really. I mean, he has fun with his buddies, but it's it's not the right. same. And yeah, he's definitely more about the exploration of the mind, right. which no doubt is far healthier than, I don't know, some of the activities that even <laughs> I've got up to, I I, I agree. be honest.
0: I found it interesting whenever Greg said, and not to go back to the Jada-Will thing, but it's interesting. They were talking about how different time frames of different people, like, kind of dictate like he was like can you imagine us in the medieval times trying to make jokes if we're right in front of the king and he doesn't like our material he's just like off with their head he's like it was kind of like a similar kind of time whenever they were doing that with will and jada and he's like it was kind of just like actor royalty slapping another dude in the face and he was just like the court gesture because will's over there being the royalty it was kind of an interesting framework i thought
1: well, that's, that is that um, is an interesting point because back then in like the medieval times, the, the court jesters existed and they were like extreme entertainers, right? So, you know, in the little town squares in the cities, there would be a lot of entertainers just out there, you know, making people laugh, doing silly things. And they would pick the very best ones and make them the um, court jesters, basically. But there was kind of a unwritten rule that you had to leave them alone because they were designed to make fun of the nobleman and even the king so these are people that were very powerful no one ever talked shit to them and the jesters would play with them and it was a big no-no like you were not allowed to execute the (laughs) jester i'm sure a couple of them i'm sure a couple of them did get chopped i mean it depends you get but you know, they basically had a pass, and it was designed to allow that kind of freedom of of just, you know, it was probably good for them to be uh, picked on and keep your ego in a bit uh, of check.
0: I'm, I'd be very in, in, interested to hear that kind of enlightenment from those kind of folks. I didn't know you were so well-versed on this fact. How do you know so much about jesters?
1: Well, it's like a British oh, okay. thing. Like we just know about old history and mm, our castles yeah. and... Old Things like that. History, yeah,
0: I like that. Nice, nice little insight from you.
1: I'm big into Jester <laughs> Well, I,
0: I get the, I get the comedian contrast. Like it makes sense. It's, it's, uh, it'd be a nice thing to have a pass, though, in that situation, especially when kings like relish the fact to just cut people's heads off for literally anything,
1: right? Hmm. Oh yeah. I mean, look at Henry VIII, <laughs> just chopping off his wife's heads, right? That's a dangerous marriage to get into. Imagine if you're marrying a guy who cut the head off the last three wives. Uh I mean you're on you're on you're on best behavior. Yeah, those are the girls
0: that like it a little differently, I imagine. They're they're down to get tied up and try some new things, I imagine. Yeah, mm. that's a that's a different <laughs> if you're willing to jump into another relationship after somebody's no one killed them before, and you're willing to ride it out just because love conquers all. That seems a bit poetic. Let's let's be honest.
1: It's probably power <laughs> and money conquers all in that situation. Right. I mean, you get to marry a king. Your kids will be royalty right. and maybe king one day. I mean, maybe it's just worth the risk. You're like, yeah, let's give it a shot.
0: Yeah, I guess if you got to pick a guy to... That- Give it a shot with in that situation. That's the one, the guy in charge of everything.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That'd be the one. Wild dude, man. A wild dude. You, it, they talked a little bit, didn't they, about the halftime show, the, the Super Bowl, because he had Snoop on, and he was talking about how much weed right. Snoop smoked. I didn't know that they told him he couldn't do, what was it, a crip dance?
0: Oh, on on this.
1: Snoop couldn't do that. Yeah. Eminem couldn't kneel they both did it because obviously they don't give a shit
0: what an interesting thing to try and tell them not to do like don't do what you want to do these are the these are the body motions you're not allowed to do okay you can do anything yeah (laughs) what an interesting thing to even make reference to
1: say say it to the greatest performers of the last quarter of a century and you're going to expect them to listen
0: (sighs) that seems a bit far-fetched that's for sure (laughs) that that kind of. That kind
1: of <laughs> there was some, there was some controversy about Jay Z too, and I'm not 100 percent sure what it was, but there was something about what he wanted to do or like how I, he had some parts in it, even though he didn't perform, and um, I guess he was told that he like couldn't be that part of it. I don't know if he was like setting up some direction or uh, helping out with something. I mean, this is a kind of a vague story, but the point of it is. Uh, when he was kind of told this basically Dr. Dre Eminem Snoop all of them were just like well if he can't do that we won't even perform like it was all or nothing like that was those guys were all a team and if if you say this dumb shit we're just not gonna do it I think they probably dealt with producers and people trying to fuck with their shows so much that they just have zero patience for it. I mean, I think
0: those guys being the kings of their industry have a lot more pull and are just like, uh, no, we're not going to take our orders from a bunch of suits. Like, we'll just we're the guys that are important at this point. So we'll make the decisions, especially when you, when you have that much pull and you have that much like influence on the situation you're not taking an order from another person i don't know that for a fact but i could see that being the situation especially guys with that big of egos and whatnot
1: oh i'm sure it was that dude they're not, they're not being told no. what to do they know and and look and that they pulled it off i mean they would anyway but it was one of the best shows i've dude, ever seen are, like it was amazing remember where i was for that show to be honest that was like a
0: coming out for la from after everything it was it was mm-hmm. nice i will say
1: oh it was the same in chicago man i was in really? chicago in a bar uh downtown great area and it was just um i mean people were losing their minds especially when it came out it was just everyone was best right. friends just that's, jumping around and i mean the whole atmosphere changed. Wa- it was so good in fact that when the game started again i was bored then <laughs> and i left early <laughs> after I was like ah, I, w- I, w- I wonder how this.
0: many atmospheres were like that because i experienced the exact same thing where i was i felt the exact same way like this is a mo-
1: <laughs> <laughs> it was almost like the halftime show was, it was so like good a moment in time that you're like well nothing in the game is gonna get <laughs> well it was just this. the
0: energy and like you said everybody was best friends i felt that energy where i was but i wondered if you and i can both have that and we live in different places and experience different sides it's like I wonder how how many places felt that same kind of energy because of that. Because you can hear, still hear people talk about the halftime show at this point, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you think about?
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah, dude. It was what best. do you think
0: about uh, famous people and actors and actresses making comments on political issues? I mean, obviously they do that in the Grammys and the Oscars and a lot of these things. So it's an interesting facet to take on, but I think it doesn't do anybody anybody. Any good at this point? Have you noticed that?
1: Yeah, I'm not listening to them. I don't care. You know, I mean, they're making points that are ideologically based. You know, they usually—I don't know what the word is—but it's like, there we go, virtue signaling. They're usually doing that. So it's like, look at me, look at how great I am, save the environment, and then they fly home on their private jet, and you're just like, what? Right. Really, I mean, some points are important. I mean, if there was, if there was like really big issues that weren't getting press, that might be a nice time to do it. But sometimes it's just like grandstanding, you know, a bit of like soapbox bullshit. And that's why I like what Ricky Gervais said. He's like, nobody cares about your opinions, you know, nobody gives a shit about what you're saying. Just accept your award and you know, go sit down. And I love that. I was like, yeah, that basically is it. Say thank you and just sit down.
0: Yeah, I I think the same exact theory all up until you said what you said. I think that if something wasn't being exposed, but at the same time, where does your opinion lie and where does that make you a a person of interest to comment on a situation? But if something's not getting the press it it needs, I could see what you just said making making it make sense, you know?
1: Well, it's the idea that... Information that you should believe should come from people in a position of authority, and the authority itself is like an expertise in that area, not just that you're famous. Like, yeah, you're famous, so people listen, but how much do you actually know about this? Like, really? Right. I mean, that's kind of what it comes down to with me. I'm like, okay, well, what do you, what do you actually know about? And at this point, you're
0: just like, I read what was on my Instagram feed from what. My my feed tells me so. That's how I've justified my point at this point. Yeah, and Greg, Greg. Yeah, I don't know. I don't <laughs> yeah. care
1: for it. I mean, people like Elon Musk can say yeah. stuff. I'm listening. You know, if if certain people, I mean, he's he's basically a celebrity yeah. now. I mean, really, and he's a point that he make. And I mean, dude, they had a video recently of him going to the Air Force Academy. I guess he was making some speech out there, and uh, they were testing his um, Skylink internet systems, you know, because I guess he's about to get a big military contract, Um, and when he went up to speak, I mean, it's like young military guys, right, they're like college age, dude, they were losing their minds, like like a rock star just showed up. I mean, he's getting super popular across the board. And this Twitter thing is going to be really interesting. Just the fact that he said he wants to fill the headquarters with homeless people (laughs) and basically fire all the the Twitter people, I'm like, that is amazing. Talk about stepping in and being the boss. And, you know, people at Twitter are already, like, complaining and trying to write letters and say things like, he shouldn't be able to buy it. And Elon's like, listen, you guys are screwing this up. He's a... He's got, like, 80-plus million Twitter (laughs) followers. Now he owns 10% of it, and he's like, we're going to make this good.
0: I mean, does he bring Trump back? Does he bring Alex Jones back? Does he bring Trump and Alex Jones back?
1: I I don't know. I don't know. He might bring Trump just for the fact that Trump's, like, the president, and maybe with some stipulations. Be like, look, man, freedom of speech, but also you have to you know follow some guidelines here but probably people like alex jones and that Annopolis, whatever that guy's name is my 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 milo i believe milo that's it yeah maybe not him i don't know i mean he kind of has to be careful too you 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 can go in and shake stuff up but it, it will be a little dangerous for him to go in and just can't you know just be like all these people are coming back and blah blah blah
0: yeah, that would stir up some stuff,
1: huh? I mean, it's it seems like mm. he seems
0: to be on the free speech train. Like, he's always the guy that is on the forefront of being able to say what... I mean, not necessarily... I think he wants the truth at the end of the day. I don't think he just... I mean, you got to appreciate the idea that anybody's allowed to say anything they want, and that's part of the game, as long as it's not terrorizing people i think that's kind of become the the idea that we're all all for free speech as long as you're not hurting another person or like vigilantly going
1: after them and harassing them. yeah he, he's a bit of a troll though too he, he likes to mess like fuck with people on, on twitter and i support that right. as well like why not have some yeah. fun keeps it
0: keeps it firing it keeps it firing away they made reference to it we've uh, we've talked about it before but the idea that just certain science experiments I think because they're such good friends they kind of go down these same rabbit holes but they were talking about how like when rats would learn a certain way in a maze on the east coast somehow out of nowhere this was like drug talk but the, the rats on the west coast would somehow find their way out of the maze just like moments after the ones on the east coast would
1: yeah, almost like there's some global species... Um, Underlined. ...like ultimate consciousness right, right, right. or something yeah, exactly. like that. It, it, I mean, something like that could be real. Like, if there's big tragedies that happen in certain places that w- with a bunch of humans or, like, if people are at war in another country, maybe there is, like, a ripple effect that people can feel all over. I mean, it's just so difficult to prove, but, I mean, if you can... I guess they could prove it with right. the rats because you can measure the speed that they work through those um um uh, mazes, I think,
0: yeah, I think you were onto to something when you say like an underlying consciousness, and that's what they were they were making references to like d m t and these other drugs that allow you to kind of see these other like frames of consciousness, and it you might be tapping into this like world where it's everybody kinda of has similar thoughts, and you're just we've all like I don't know what the right answer to that is but it seems like there might be a little bit of validity to it
1: imagine if that was true right and then what you would want to do is put a lot of money into education right because the smarter you could make everybody all over the world even if you weren't learning you just somehow got a little bit smarter because of like an overall intellectual consciousness that would be pretty amazing you, like, encourage all your friends to read more because you're too lazy to read, and then somehow you, like, know half the yeah, information. Yeah, benefits
0: everybody. That'd be a pretty solid spot to be in. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there might be something to that, right? Just, like, if you have a lot more smart friends that you're communicating with, maybe it does make you more intelligent. I mean, it's definitely going to up your conversation um, ability because... It, you you're not gonna wanna sound like an idiot all the time talking to you ever find that like you talk to a really smart person and you're like trying to sound right. smarter? Like I try not to do it too hard, like I don't right. fake anything that I don't know, but you know, I'm making less like far yeah, jokes cool. during the conversation. I was speaking to an MSU, um uh MSU, he was a chemical engineer and he's a professor over there at Montana State. And I was talking to him about the nuclear power thing that we were discussing last week. And he it was brilliant what he was saying. I mean, it was like being in your own TED Talk. Any question I had, he knew the answer to. And he wasn't like a, an expert on nuclear power, but I mean, he has a PhD in chemical engineering, so he just knows a lot about this thing. And I did it more like an interview style. Like, I would only come in with the few bits of any information that I had, but... Um, you know it does. It's it's like a way more engaging conversation. Like I was way more tuned in than just if you're talking nonsense. Uh, it's nice to be able to. Uh, it was pretty dope. But real quick, back I forgot to mention something. Back to Elon. Before we move on, dude, that Tesla truck. Number one, I heard that they weren't gonna make it. They ran out of money, or something. But I guess that was a bullshit article because it sounds like they're gonna make it. And the fact that it's bulletproof.
0: It takes a forty-five. What? dude it's a pretty solid gunshot that's a pretty solid car i mean the way joe reacted to how awesome it was sounds pretty
1: awesome dude he's definitely getting one i wonder how much they're gonna be they're probably gonna be really expensive what do you project I don't know man. I mean trucks are a lot anyway. Like trucks are like 60 70,000 120. Probably. Like they're not cheap. So maybe. Yeah, maybe it is a lot. I mean shit, it's bulletproof, dude. How much do the bulletproof cars cost? They're not cheap. They get great gas mileage though, I imagine. Oh, yeah, they weigh like 7,000 tons. <laughs> did,
0: you, did you did you see did you see Biden's last interaction with Barack Obama at like some event that's been like kind of trolled on of late like Biden's like trying to, re- trying oh, to reach for like his shoulder and, and, and then Obama's just kind of like brushing him off like just shaking hands with everybody it's, it's I don't want to say disappointing I don't know if that's the right adjective but it is an interesting place we're at right now
1: what made you think of that? We're talking about bulletproof. Well, Teslas. just because
0: they—that's t- a good point. I don't know. I was thinking about Barack and Elon. I don't know. It's a good question. I don't know what the what the what the. Can- <laughs> <laughs> he
1: just he just go. It, was it that you were no just no, no 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 listening? No, to what I am saying. I just literally was. I was just trying to follow this thought <laughs> I was, process. I was so.
0: thinking to myself, Biden reaching for Barack, and just the differences and whatnot, where we'd be. But I don't know. <laughs> Back to, the,
1: back to the 45. So what was the, the, we might as well cover it now you brought it up. What Was it that he looked like an old doddery old man? Oh, man it, he just looked kind of lost?
0: If you haven't YouTubed it, YouTube it. Yeah, he's like reaching for Barack's shoulder like to say hi. And Barack's like, no, we already talked. He's like, please just let me do my thing and shake my hands and kiss my babies. And, <laughs> and Biden's just right behind him looking at him like just like a little kid in a candy shop. I don't know how to describe it.
1: well i mean they were talking towards the end of the podcast just about like the bullshit with stocks how the people in congress can make these stock trades and then like uh, didn't joe say like nancy pelosi invested in tesla like millions right before there was some kind of ev bill passed and dude that that stuff has to stop i mean they're, people go to jail for insider trading, and these people get reelected. It's like, what are we, what are we doing here, I'm folks? Like
0: picturing the conversations between Nancy Pelosi and Joe Biden, like in the back room by the couch, right before they're about to go make speeches or something, just barking at each other. I, <laughs> Nancy, I don't know. It just seems like we got the two of the oldest people yelling at each other, and they're just millionaires and, and faking it, and just like barely getting through. It's an interesting dynamic we got there
1: it's like how old can we let them stay in power like they're all kind of getting doddery and barely shaky and like barely getting their speeches out and i'm like enough's so I'm... enough like you you have to have you have to be so disconnected from like regular people at this point that you just need to go to the hamptons and live in your big house and you know play scrabble with your friends and and go to the country club and to leave us alone. Meanwhile,
0: Donald Trump's eating McDonald's, like, all day, every day, and looks like a stud.
1: Well, he's pretty fat. Right. He just holds it kind of well because he's a big guy. But, yeah, I, I don't know if he's in great shape.
0: I don't believe so.
1: Well, not drinking probably helps. That probably right. does. Anyway, let's wrap this bitch up. Thank you, guys, as always, for um, listening and tolerating us. And, um, yeah, I mean, who we got coming up next week? Joe's already had... Bill Maher. He's already had a couple of... Yeah, Bill Maher. I can't wait to do that one. Bill Maher has been crushing at the moment with his um, political show. I really like the way that he honestly spends more time giving the left shit than... Bagging Yeah, on yeah I've just been watching clips so far of
0: what they've been talking about is just the common sense <laughs> all of a sudden has not
1: he's yeah. very good, man, he's very good, and I think he really still does represent like proper democratic liberal viewpoints, but he's just not gone wacky like you know the far left right. has, which is always a smart move. I really want Rogan to get Russell Brand on soon too. Just because of how well he's been doing with that, like kind of political show that he has, I think the the conversation would be. Are you keeping up
0: with that? I literally, I think I've told you that before. That's literally my news every day for the past two, three months. I just watch his clips.
1: I, I've been watching a lot of them. The thing is, he makes them so fast. There's so much of it that it's like, God, you can almost do a review show on that. He's
0: so intelligent and
1: well thought out at the same time. Yeah, he's excellent. All right. Well, that's it. And, uh, yeah, thank you, guys, as always. Tune in next week, and we'll bring you more of this nonsense commentary. Peace. Love Love you, guys.